What's going on, family? Happy Tuesday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. It's your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you are doing well. So, this is a very special episode. Uh, It's a double episode. I don't know that we've ever released a double episode on the same day, but I hope you guys are really game for it and you're up for it. I'm really super pumped. Hope you've had a great week and that all is well in your world. And I don't even know if I have to go through all of those greetings and the like, because hopefully you've listened to the Black History Show by now. But if you're listening to it in reverse order, that's okay too. Thanks for your continued support of all things connected to the faction. You know what to do. Make sure you're following us on the socials at the faction show. And if you're not subscribed to our podcast, go ahead and subscribe right now. So with that said, I wanted to do a special episode today uh, to really commemorate and talk about NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. We normally would have done that yesterday, but, you know, a lot's been going on in the world and certainly here in the United States. Winter is here, lots of storms across the country and the like. So figured we'd just kind of chill on that and uh, really get into things today with NXT TakeOver Vengeance. NXT TakeOver Vengeance, the latest NXT TakeOver situation happening, of course, live from the Capitol Wrestling Center. Uh, Three title matches, two tag team finals for the Dusty Classic, and a lot of things that went on. So I want to go through results. If this is a spoiler for you and you need to turn it off because you haven't watched yet, go ahead and do that. But uh, if not, Let's get down with the discussion because there's a lot of things I saw and noticed that I think uh, is worthy of discussion. Let's run through the results real quick and then we'll get into some of the, the highlights and takeaways. Takeover started with the women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Finals. That's our Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai defeat Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. Gonzalez and Kai will gain a WWE Women's Tag Team title match. Johnny Gargano successfully defended the NXT North American Championship against Kushida. MSK wins the Men's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, defeating the Grizzled Young Veterans. Io Shirai defeats Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm to retain the NXT Women's Championship. And Finn Balor defeats Pete Dunne to retain the NXT Championship. All right, so let's start with the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals. One of the things that I have said for quite some time is WWE has had a lack of commitment to anything related to tag teams over the last decade or so. It's just not been their thing. Not quite sure why, but uh, there is something special, I think, about great tag team wrestling. Now, of course, the things that happen in WWE, specifically Raw and SmackDown, don't necessarily reflect what happens in NXT. And in NXT, uh, much like the difference between the Cosby show and a different world, it really is a different world in NXT, as there has been greater focus on the tag team situation. Now, with that said, uh, I thought initially it was a pretty risky move to have a women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic uh, this year, and here's why. It's not that I don't think there should be a focus on women's wrestling. The question was, who would be the women's tag teams? After all, uh, the women's tag team championships in WWE are only, what, three years old tops? And what are the memorable teams that we've seen from there outside of Bailey and Sasha 
really nobody else. You had the Iconics who won the tag titles. I don't want to say it was a fluke, but they certainly were not memorable champions. We did have, uh, of course, a tag team title reign involving Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I don't know that that was wildly memorable. So there has not been a whole lot of memorable things happening with the women's tag team division. Of course, that title can be defended across any of WWE's brands, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. So the initial concept of this was interesting. Eight tag teams, many of them were kind of thrown together with the exception of the natural chemistry that happened with Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. You had the chemistry of The Way and the chemistry of Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. So I'm so cool that this was the final uh that Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon versus Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai was the final. I had predicted on a previous podcast uh, that Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai would win, and so I'm really glad that indeed they have won. Uh, I think they are the most natural tag team, though I would love to see a rematch between them and Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon. I think two great tag teams, two great representations of what women's tag team wrestling can be. And this match was just another reminder of how NXT's women's division is head and shoulders above any other women's division in the entire sport. Grab a roster, line them up to the NXT women's roster, and nobody is going to tackle that. Not AEW, not Ring of Honor, not Impact. Pick them. All right. So shout out to Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai, who honestly, I'd love to see become the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. And I'd love to see it happen at WrestleMania. Uh, Think about this for a second. Think about uh, and it really it's a story that writes itself. On one hand, there's history between Dakota Kai and Shayna Baszler. If you remember, uh, as Shayna was making her run towards the NXT Women's Championship, uh, she really brutalized Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai was scared of her for a while. Now Dakota Kai isn't scared anymore, partially because she's got this monster behind her by the name of Raquel Gonzalez. And so can you imagine the clashes between Gonzalez and Nia Jax. So I think there's a story there that can be told, and WrestleMania really, I believe, is the right place to tell that particular story. So a great match for sure. Let's go to the Men's Tag Team Classic Finals, the debut of MSK during this against Grizzled Young Veterans. Two thoughts. First of all, MSK is an amazing tag team, and let me tell you why I think they are amazing. One of the things that MSK has gotten right, well, really that NXT has gotten right, is they have tag teams with different flavors. Everybody doesn't do the same thing. And so because we don't see a lot of guys, you know, who are doing flips, acrobatics and the like, when we see MSK do it, it is somewhat of a palate cleanser. Not everybody's doing it, so it allows them to stand out. And I do think that our friends at AEW could learn from the fact that everybody can't be the Young Bucks, right? Everybody can't be the Young Bucks. If everybody's flipping, if everybody's doing the same thing, then it's not special 
anymore. Uh, I think MSK makes it special. They're a great team, of course, formerly in Impact. They were known as the Rascals. They were pretty amazing and pretty innovative in their moveset. Seeing them against the Grizzled Young Veterans, man, two young tag teams that are doing amazing things. Now, I do think it's interesting that the Grizzled Young Veterans make the Dusty Classic Finals for the second consecutive year and lose. Now, I don't know what that means. It could mean a number of things, but I do think, again, you've got a great story with MSK and the Grizzled Young Veterans, two teams that actually behave as tag teams. They have chemistry as tag teams, and that's one of the things NXT has done well. Even though historically uh, the winners of the Dusty Classic haven't always been established tag teams, there's always been tag team chemistry that makes it all make sense. Whether they were teams like, you know, the initial winners, Finn Balor and Samoa Joe, or teams like Ricochet and Alistair Black, they were teams that we loved, that had chemistry, that we wanted to see wrestle. And so, again, TakeOver gets it right with this tag team match. It makes a lot of sense. What an entrance and debut for MSK to come into NXT and win the Tag Team Classic Finals, which means they've got a future tag team title match coming. Uh, you've got to wonder if that's going to happen WrestleMania weekend or if there's just going to be another opportunity for that to happen. But it can't be long. And quite frankly, I like the idea of MSK either chasing for the titles or winning the titles over the current team of Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Now let's get to the title matches. Johnny Gargano versus Kushida. An absolute dream match for all of us pure wrestling fans who have watched both of these guys from afar. Technical wizardry, technical masterpiece. Oh my gosh, what a match. And it lived up to the billing. I could watch them literally fight forever. What a match and what a win for Johnny Gargano. I didn't think he was going to win that match. I thought Kushida would become the new North American champion. Now, with that said, I do think it is overdue for Kushida to have a championship. You could argue that he's the greatest IWGP junior heavyweight champion in New Japan history. Well, let me not say that too fast because, of course, you had the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger, right? But I do think certainly in recent memory, you're talking about a six-time champion who has done some pretty amazing things there in New Japan. Um, I think in the last year, he's had the handcuffs taken off of him and he's been allowed to be the Kushida that we know and love. So at some point, there's got to be championship gold around his waist. Is it the North American Championship? Is it the Cruiserweight Championship? Can you imagine a match between Kushida and Santos Escobar, right? Like that would be amazing. Or shoot, throw in Jordan Devlin, uh, who's uh, the NXT Cruiserweight Champion in the UK. I think you've got some real potential there but again NXT delivers you're going to hear a theme here because that's what's happening they're delivering the women's title match Io Shirai Mercedes Martinez Tony Storm three of the greatest women's wrestlers uh, certainly in the business certainly in the last decade without question in the ring and it was high octane from the beginning what a match like oh my gosh again NXT's women's division is head and shoulders above the rest. You cannot even argue that point. And there's a reason why Io Shirai is the number one woman in the business. Uh, and it's for this simple reason. What a match with Mercedes and Tony. Now, I would at some point love to see Mercedes Martinez 
become the NXT Women's Champion. I think there's a great story there, but this match was phenomenal. You could argue it's a top five women's match in all of NXT because it was just incredible. Like, I can't say enough about this match. It was phenomenal. Uh, all of the things made sense. What a great story to tell. What a great use and showcase for three completely different wrestlers. Uh, again, phenomenal, phenomenal match. Before I get to the title match, I want to talk about the debut of L.A. Knight, a.k.a. Eli Drake. I don't know that I saw this one coming. Um, when I'm looking at the WWE and NXT, uh, I don't know how many people new talent we're getting in this pandemic era, but they are proving me wrong with the signing of MSK earlier this year. And now Eli Drake, I got a hard time calling him LA Knight, but I will certainly try. Um, to me, there's a couple of things that make sense. First of all, Eli Drake in NXT makes so much sense. I mean, his personality, his drive, his athleticism, it just makes all kinds of sense. You've got to wonder why it didn't happen earlier. But I think we know the answer to that. I think he was really trying his hand, of course, Spent a lot of time in Impact, uh, spent the last year and a half to two years in the NWA, really helping the resurgence of the NWA there. But I think to me, the fact that you have Wade Barrett, a.k.a. Stu Bennett, now you have L.A. Knight, a.k.a. Eli Drake, all in NXT, uh, you've got the NWA Women's Championship being defended in AEW. You have Thunder Rosa in AEW. You have Allison Kay as a free agent. You have James Storm back in Impact. The writing is on the wall. I don't know if we want to pronounce the funeral for the NWA, but you don't have the NWA unless you have wrestlers and unless you have shows and all of these wrestlers are finding themselves in other spaces and one of the reasons why is this there's no NWA content right now none there's nothing for the women there's nothing for the men I still don't understand why they left Atlanta and GPB studios they could have run some socially distanced shows there they could have taped with empty arenas there were a lot of opportunities, which says to me, and I don't want to jump the gun, but it makes me wonder, did the experiment of reviving the NWA under William Patrick Corgan really work? It worked for a year. 2019 was a great year for the NWA, but it didn't last a year. And when I say it didn't last a year, we had some great storytelling with the 10 pounds of gold series and things of that nature. And when we, of course, had NWA power, which we have to remember, began in October 2019 and didn't get a full year run because of the pandemic. And it just makes me wonder, like, was Corgan really dedicated to the NWA? Was he really out of resources such that they couldn't do shows? Um, Pretty much every other organization figured out how to do shows. But now that they're not doing shows, these wrestlers have to eat. And so Thunder Rosa, obviously in AEW, the only real semblance of the NWA we even have right now is the NWA Women's Championship that's defended on AEW. The NWA TV Championship, which was won by the Pope, who I just think is great. I think it's a great fit. But he hasn't had a chance to defend it. How do you defend a TV championship if you're not on TV anymore? And I don't necessarily mean, you know, traditional TV. 
anywhere, Fight TV, YouTube, somewhere. So I think to me, seeing LA Knight, aka Eli Drake in NXT really is the last move, the last coffin drop, dare I say, for the NWA. I'm going to need some significant convincing that the NWA is still a thing because right now it seems like that's done, over, just done, right? So with that said, it moves us, of course, to the main event, Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne. A phenomenal first-time match. Just, I mean, it's another dream match, right? Like, we just had a bunch of dream matches on TakeOver, and it was incredible. A phenomenal match. Like, I'm sure you're tired of me saying phenomenal, incredible, amazing. But as NXT TakeOver tends to do, we tend to watch and have to watch until the very end. And so, of course, we see the attack on Finn Balor by the Tag Team Champions. Here comes the Undisputed Era. And I have honestly wondered how much longer Adam Cole was going to sit back and not be in the title picture. I mean, how much longer was he going to allow his quote-unquote brother, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, to seemingly be the man in the title picture? And so all of that changed at TakeOver Vengeance Day with a big super kick, not just to Finn Balor, but to Kyle O'Reilly. And so now there are all sorts of questions. Is the Undisputed Era done? Is Kyle O'Reilly out? What happened? Uh, I think obviously we're going to get those answers Wednesday night on NXT, but it's what NXT does best. It causes us to ask a lot of questions. It brings us intrigue. So NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day, an absolute win. One of the best takeovers ever. And that's saying something considering there wasn't the normal energy from an NXT crowd. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. Shout out to Kristen Dukes, who said on our Facebook page, hey, every takeover delivers. It was a great show, and I completely agree with what he had to say. And he's looking forward to the backlash of that ending, and quite frankly, so am I. So, of course, we'll be checking all of that out this Wednesday on NXT. Should be an interesting time, NXT versus AEW, which we'll get into more tomorrow. If you haven't done so, take some time and listen to our special Black History episode, uh, which is out right now, as we're talking about The Rock. And we're going to talk about some things some you may have realized, some you may not have. It's going to be a great, great time. Want to hear from you, of course, via social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast and all the cool things that we're doing on social media. Until next time, guys, it's your man GB, Gerard Bonner, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and they're all snowed in, <laughs> along with John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. Solid, my people. Here we go